Welcome everyone to this Tax Byte podcast on beneficial ownership. My name is Peter and we take you today in a podcast on beneficial ownership. This podcast is part of a series of podcasts where we'll touch on recent developments and future developments that are relevant for you and your business in the next months and years to come. May I remind you that you can find back this podcast, but also the other podcasts that we made on our TaxBite website. Today, as I mentioned, the topic of the podcast is about beneficial ownership. And I have with you three speakers. Two are international tax directors, very experienced in this topic. And that is um, Evie Geerts and Michael van Genechten. Evie has, in addition, a particular focus on US multinationals. And we also have Bram Markey with us. Bram is a tax controversy expert and who is also very familiar with the beneficial ownership topic. To kick off, Michael, what is this topic about? Well, Peter, it all has to do with the uh, fight against tax fraud or tax abuse, which is also one of the pillars of the new Belgian uh, coalition agreement budget. Um, basically, in February 2019, the Court of Justice of the European Union ruled two interesting um, decisions in, in six individual cases, which we in practice often collectively refer to as the Danish cases. Um, and they basically go on the uh, withholding tax exemptions um, as provided under the European Parent Subsidiary Directive and the European Interest and Royalty Directive. Um, and um, I will not go into all of the, the details of these cases, but in a nutshell, the Court of Justice ruled that there is something like a general principle within EU law that basically prohibits the abuse uh, and that thus EU law, even in absence of any uh, general or specific anti-abuse provision, cannot be relied upon in case of abuse. Um, the Court of Justice also provided some guidance on indicators of such tax abuse. And one of them is the lack of beneficial ownership. And within this specific context, the, the concept uh, seems heavily influenced by the OECD commentaries, uh, thus implying a very broad and basically more economic approach. And tax authorities within the EU, and also including our Belgian tax authorities, are reading in these decisions arguments to scrutinize holding, financing, IP searches um, if they lack business purpose and relevant economic substance in order to um, deny withholding tax exemptions on any passive income flows uh, that go by them. Okay, thanks, Michael. So we're actually talking about withholding tax exemptions that we generally apply and that because of this new development, these new cases, uh, would no longer apply. So, um, Evie, this seems not to be a pure Belgian issue, right? No, definitely not, Peter. As Michael mentioned, these are European cases. So it's not only the Belgian tax authorities that have focused on these cases. It's also the foreign tax authorities in other European jurisdictions where we see uh, that they are taking action. In some countries like France, Spain, Italy, the Netherlands and Switzerland, this has even led to uh, court decisions already. Although most of them are in favour of the tax authorities, some are also in favour of the taxpayer. So we do see that this is something that is a hot topic across Europe um, and that is definitely on the radar of all European tax authorities. But Bram, I think you have some specific insights to share on how the Belgian tax authorities look at this. Yeah, 
Exactly, Evi. So we do see a notable trend in, in Belgian tax audits that uh, they are scrutinizing this issue. So all interest, dividends, royalties, withholding tax, tax reductions or exemptions, it is a clear focus area. We are observing uh, quite a significant number of cases uh, here in Belgium. And, and that's all due to the fact that the Belgian tax authorities have um, uh, organized a specific cell looking into international tax matters like this. Uh, and they even openly voiced in some of the meetings that we had that they, they are actively looking for milestone court cases like in those other countries uh, in order to increase the precedent value. Uh, and that is that is a bit uh, worrying for, for some multinational groups because uh, typically withholding tax compliance was not so much on the priority list of the Belgian authorities. Um, and a lot of the structures and transactions that are now being scrutinized are commonly observed in the market for many years. These are not per se implemented for tax reasons or to obtain uh, withholding tax benefits. So uh, that, that means that a lot of groups are, are basically caught off guard. Um, and, and on top of that, they may not always have a full view on what is happening with the payments higher up in the chain. Okay, okay, Bram, thanks for that. And so, Michael, I wonder, so is this something which is relevant for specific type of activities, specific type of companies, or is this something which is relevant for everyone, basically? Well, we are witnessing a, a really a, a true wave of audits, huh? and it seems that all multinational companies that have significant passive income flows from Belgium to any other European country currently have a bullseye um, on, on their back. Um, and as it relates to withholding taxes, the amounts at stake are huge. Um, flows are typically substantial, and currently we're talking about 30% uh, tax cash out effect. Um, I'm personally involved in a couple of files, and one of them where the Belgian tax authorities are claiming tens of millions of euros for a fact pattern where we believe there is, yeah, there's no wholly artificial tax-driven structure at all. Okay, thank you, Michael. So clearly something relevant for all businesses across all kinds of industries. Um, and what I also learned is that this is quite a complex issue. So Bram, can you share some insights on how the tax authorities are approaching this topic in, in the audits? Well, uh, absolutely. And they are very vocal and firm on this, that complexity should no longer be an excuse uh, not to look into a specific structure or transaction. So. As I, as I mentioned, uh, there is a specific team. They are building up expertise, uh, particularly focus on, on beneficial ownership, uh, and they try to apply them in, in practice. Um, but what is uh, a challenge uh, and a specific dynamic in these types of investigations is that the tax authorities need information from abroad to, to build their claim uh, and, and to basically challenge the beneficial ownership. Um, so typically, they, they will try to request that from the local entity. Um, and that local entity may not always have the, the information to share. So what you then see happening is that they start using procedures like international exchange of information and international cooperation to obtain uh, data on the transactions and the substance uh, abroad. Um, and that gives a particular challenge in the sense that uh, that international exchange of information can impact the statutes of limitation. 
So there are a lot of procedural elements that, that taxpayers need to be mindful of uh, in, in dealing with these audits. Uh, and a specific uh, item that, that we have observed in these, these recent cases in Belgium is that basically the, the taxman is saying that they have sufficient indications um, on, on a potential beneficial ownership issue. And they basically try to uh, reverse the burden of proof. So they try to, to put the taxpayer in a position to prove the contrary. And that can be a real struggle in practice. Yeah, that's right, Bram. And I think well, that, that all forms part of the strategy, how to approach this kind of tax audits. Um, I think particularly relevant within a Belgian context for our listeners is uh, that we do have in Belgium a specific implementation of the directives, including a definition of beneficial owner, as well as a well-defined um, general anti-abuse rule and various of historical guidance and positions from both tax authorities and, and courts on the matters. So in my opinion, these cannot simply be disregarded by the Belgian tax authorities, even in light of, of these new um, yeah, developments within the EU. Okay, okay, yeah, thank you. And and so I learned now here that, that although these cases are quite recent, I think from, from last year, that already quite some audits are ongoing. Um, I can imagine, though, that that's a lot of other businesses uh, want to proactively take steps to ensure that they remain compliant in this, this fast-changing uh, uh, environment. Evie, on your based on your experience, what can companies do? Yes, Peter. Um, as said, although we're involved with a lot of clients on the audit side, there's definitely um, things clients can do to either prepare them uh, or get advanced certainty uh, in this field. So clients that have an existing structure um, and are planning a dividend uh, have ongoing interest payments or royalties. What we suggest to do there and what we have done in many instances is test or stress test their current structures. We really have a look uh, into the nitty-gritty details, the substance, their business rationale for their financing, for their holding, for their IP location. Does it uh, pass the test of uh, the Belgian or European tax authorities? Is it up to standard with what the tax authorities expect today, knowing what was said by the European court in the Danish cases? So that's the first thing for clients that are in a structure and, and have no desire to change their structure. On the other hand, we do see that a lot of clients realize that their um, structure might not be fully in line with um, the way their business has evolved or might need changes for some reason or uh, following integration or an acquisition, uh, their structure is being uh, reshuffled anyway. For them, where there is a change and there is a new uh, set of uh, facts, we can approach and have approached the Belgian ruling office. So there um, we try to get advanced certainty on uh, a withholding tax exemption uh, on the dividends, interest or royalty payments going forward. And we currently have a couple of rulings already introduced and pending with the ruling office. So uh, that is definitely a route we can take if a client is setting up a new structure uh, and wants to get uh, clearance that they will not uh, run into a 30% withholding tax charge in Belgium on any payments they make. Okay, thanks, Evie. Very clear message, I think, um, that um, 
fast moving changes, but still a lot of things that that business can do to stay compliant and and ensure compliance going forward as well with these with these new rules. Um, yeah, that brings us at the end of this podcast. I want to thank all the listeners uh, for tuning in. Um, please stay connected with us and uh, follow our Tax Bytes website, where you can find this podcast, but also the upcoming podcasts for the coming weeks. Um, Stay tuned and have a great day. Thank you.